0: got internet that's never lagging whose groceries do their own bagging who's got hair worth extra bragging with pants that aren't too sagging they only put up with a little nagging who's hotter than a
1: fire breathing dragon jack what's wagon. up you bunch of jack wagons this is george and nick i miss dale earnhardt dude i miss dale earnhardt too All right, we're back with another episode uh, tonight. Uh, We're going to go over some news around the world. Uh, College basketball, NBA, MLB, IndyCar, NASCAR, uh, give you guys our weekend projections for both MLB and college uh, football. Oh, my God, I said MLB.
0: Yeah, you did.
1: (laughs) We're going to give you our projections for the NFL, college football, and also a little bit of college basketball. And, of course, as always, our uh, bets that we think you should put your money on going into the weekend.
0: We're making money this week.
1: Oh, for sure. Um, and then later on, we're gonna have a a little debate again. Um, but let's get right into the news. Uh, just breaking earlier this afternoon, uh, Antonio Brown's former chef has come out saying that he uh, bought a fake vaccine card and that's what he shows to the NFL officials to get around the vaccine mandate. Um, obviously this just came out, you know, it's, uh, former chef of his. So there's not too much detail other than that saying that, you know, he walked in one day, showed it to him in the kitchen. was like, Oh dude, I just bought this online. Um, so I'm not going to make any assumptions, you know, as of yet, but that is definitely the news and very shocking to hear. Um, hopefully for Antonio Brown's career and the rest of his season, really, because before he got hurt, he was, he was having a really great year. He had definitely become Tampa Bay's number one wide receiver. Really? Uh, um, so that would be terrible for that team and for him. Um, you know, if this turns out to be a true story, um, but like we said, we're going to, we're going to let the facts settle on that. We're not going to jump to conclusions. Um, but big news though. Absolutely. Uh, switching over to college basketball real quick, Seton Hall upset Michigan. Uh, they, you know, they were able to get some clutch free throws there at the end. They beat them only by two points. Um, I think everybody's overreacting to it. They're acting like Michigan is, is, you know, in a dumpster fire right now and Nothing's going well. At least that's, that's what Twitter would have you believe. Um, I think Michigan is fine. Uh, it, one, it's early in the season. And two, Seton Hall and all the Big East basketball teams are never an easy win for anybody. They they always play a tough physical game. That's just how that conference is. Um, and year in, year out, Seton Hall has proven to be one of those the better teams in that conference. So part of me doesn't really understand why everybody's so shocked that Seton Hall was this good, that they're able to upset Michigan. Now, yes, this is a game Michigan should have won. I 100% agree with you, especially for a team that has national championship aspirations, Final Four dreams, stuff like that. Um, but it's early. This is only the third game of the year, and I don't think it's time to hit the panic button at all. Um, but they definitely have things they need to clean up, especially, you know, fouling late in the game in, in key situations like that.
0: Um, yeah, you can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but other
1: than that, that that was a big news in that game.
0: And Seton Hall is, is always a team that you, you can't really count out, whether it's tournament time or regular season. They always I, I don't know if it's their, their conference or, or what it is, but they always seem to get underrated a little bit.
1: Yeah, I one hundred percent agree. As a Villanova fan and having to play them twice a year every year, like that's a team that like I, I know is never an easy win. Um any every any conference game in the Big East is not an easy win. No, but uh, Seton Hall is usually always one of the scary teams to play. Um, they're very well coached, and they always, like I said, they always play a tough physical game. Um, so they get a big program uh, upset over Michigan? Um,
0: now over on the West
1: Coast, Oregon hosted BYU, and BYU absolutely mopped the floor with them. Uh, they were up twenty at halftime, and even the second half, Oregon just couldn't get anything going. Um, Dana Altman comes out after the game and and said he was personally embarrassed. You know, he he took the full loss, you know, on himself, saying that you know I like I'm the coach, obviously, you know the the losses are on me, but I've been too relaxed on them in practice, basically just like you know our talent will make up for it. And he's like, this is my bad. Very, um, you know blunt uh, conversation with the reporters out to the game. Um, and I expect Oregon, after this loss, to absolutely just go on a tear um, if Dane Altman holds to his word and, and does the things in practice that he says he's going to do. Now that will remain to be seen. Um, all right, so now we're going to switch over to the NBA. Nick, this is a little bit more your lane. Um, so far this season, the Nets, Lakers, and Warriors probably... Three of the top five favorite teams coming into the season have looked absolutely terrible. Now, the Nets, you can blame it on Kyrie. The Lakers, you can blame it on LeBron being out. But the Warriors, I I just feel like the Warriors aren't gelling yet. Uh, You know, they're just getting Klay Thompson back. They had all these spare parts, really, that they brought in the past few years with him being out. And I think they're still just trying to figure everything out. Um, But I want to get your thoughts on what you think about these three teams so far.
0: Um. Yeah. So first of all, the Warriors, since you'd mentioned them, um, like you said, they just got Clay back. Uh, they got some pieces that they've thrown in. Uh, but when when Clay was out, uh, Curry was going off. Um, you know, playing like the Steph Curry that everybody loves to see. And when Thompson got back, everybody was expecting them to, you know, pick up where where Curry was already at and just take off. And unfortunately, with the sport of basketball, especially at the NBA level. That just doesn't happen, um, you know it can I've seen people come back and and ball out and the team plays well and whatnot, but most of the time um, you know it takes a game maybe two to to get your rhythm to to be at your best um and nowadays in the nBA if you're not at your best, every game you're not winning games um, so I expect to see them um, back on top. I don't know if if I see them you know top top but definitely playing better than what they're playing right now. Um, Again, Curry's balling out, but as far as the team, uh, from a team standpoint, I expect them to, or expect to see them pick up some much-needed wins here. Um, Lakers and Nets, it's probably a little bit of the same thing for both teams. You have veterans on both those teams. Um, Some of them maybe a little older, especially the Lakers. Um, And with veterans, they don't have the necessarily the same uh pep in their step, you know, the same athleticism that they might have had 3 4 5 years ago. Some of them might be slowing down. Um they rely more not only on their IQ but uh, on their team chemistry as a whole. Um the Nets not having Kyrie definitely doesn't help. Um but again, those veterans uh they need time to mesh. They need that and any to be honest with you whether whether it's veterans or younger people the more chemistry you have, obviously the better you're gonna be. Um but like I said with veterans it, it seems to the beginning of the season might not be as good looking because they're having to rely on that chemistry more.
1: Right, absolutely. Um I would say, you know, to the Lakers point, um I just feel like, you know, even if LeBron came back say tomorrow, I still feel like that team just has so many other issues going on. Um they just look lost on the floor, period. Um, and it's been really like hard to watch because normally when you, you talk about the Lakers, especially in the past few years, it's like this is one of the best teams in the NBA. Like it, It's become a powerhouse with all this star talent that they brought in and all these other things. And just watching them play basketball these first couple of weeks has just been very rough, especially as somebody who's like trying to work themselves back into the NBA. Um, so watching them play the way they have has just been very rough. Um, now, for like we talked about in our one episode, you know, they brought a lot of these guys in because these guys want to go get rings. They want to play with LeBron. Um, One of those guys is Melo and I want Melo to get a ring so bad. Um, But if the Lakers can't turn around, I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, So it'll be interesting to see moving forward through the season, how those three teams can turn around or if they can for that matter. Um, Moving over to MLB real quick. They announced their awards. Uh, Corbin Burns and Robbie Ray are your Cy Young Award winners. Uh, Corbin Burns for the Brewers. Robbie Ray for the uh, Blue Jays. Um, both stellar seasons. Um, a lot of Yankees. I'm a Yankees fan, and I hate Yankees Twitter. Uh, a lot of them were like, Eric Cole should have won. You know, his projected projected stats. Let me say that again. Projected stats were higher. And it's like, okay projected versus actual stats is so stupid like if you would just hear yourself in a conversation yeah it like, sounds uh, ridiculous yeah like, Ray. Saying,
0: like this guy was the last person drafted like in the entire draft he was number last and he had a mediocre season so we should definitely give the award to him because he outdid his project like it's right. just stupid
1: yeah um so as a yankees fan to Robbie Ray, you 100% deserved it. Congratulations. Um, on the MVP side, Harper and Otani win. Um, Otani was, you know, without a doubt, the, the front runner, of the uh, MVP all season long. He absolutely deserved it. Uh, playing pitcher outfield, uh, whatever the angels needed. Uh, and unfortunately they couldn't clone him 10 times over. Um, because maybe they would have won a little bit more games. Um, that's neither here nor there. Harper on the NL side um, with Atis getting hurt um, and Soto's team kind of just falling by the wayside there, especially after they traded uh, Scherzer. Um, I feel like it was Harper's race to lose. Um, I don't really like Bryce Harper. I'm going to come out and say that. But (laughs) I I do feel like he was the most deserving player. Um, And congratulations to those guys for winning those prestigious awards. Um, a little bit of racing news. Uh, we actually do enjoy racing on this channel. Yes, we do. Um, I want to go play. <laughs> So, on the IndyCar side, um, Air Force yesterday announced that they're going to leave Ed Carpenter Racing and Connor Daly as a sponsor. Um, that's a huge blow for Ed Carpenter Racing. That was their biggest, one of their biggest, uh, you know, money uh, pools, and it, it'll be very hard for them to replace that. And it'll be interesting to see. How they replace it if they have to bring in another driver and bump Daly out completely, um, which is definitely not what I want to see. Connor Daly is a fantastic uh, Indy car driver, race car driver in general. Um, he's gotten a lot into NASCAR the past few years. Um, just watching him wheel around the track is is something amazing uh, for somebody who's never really given a chance in the sport. And watching what he's done with the few chances he's gotten, I definitely want to see him next year in an Indy car. Uh, he absolutely deserves it. Um, so hopefully Ed Carpenter Racing can get this figured out. Uh, there was talks of, you know, Ryan hunter Ray coming in there. Um, I feel like it's almost a done deal at this point. Um, but... There you go. Yeah. I, my, my boy stays around another year. i him back. <laughs> <laughs> um, So, it w- that'll be a storyline that we're going to keep following here. Um, now, over on the NASCAR side, they were testing their next-gen car here at Charlotte Motor Speedway this week. Um... They were doing full day practices, uh, test sessions. Um, the cars sound great. That that's about all I'm gonna say. Other than that, mm-hmm. with they're moving the numbers next year, which I 100% don't agree with. Um, they're going to a one lug wheel, like IndyCar, Formula One, uh, racing of that nature uses. Um, I don't really care about that. It was very cool, you know, growing up to watch pit stops done the way they've done it for so many years with the five lug, yeah, um, and the speed and position that took. It took a certain appreciation. Um, obviously, you know it's still going to take a lot of skill to do pit stops uh, on a on a race car, regardless. Um, so it'll be very ne- interesting to watch that going into the next year. Um, Austin Dillon, uh, no surprise there, put his car into the wall. Uh, Denny Hammond, I saw went for a spin too. Um, but other than that, a, a lot of the guys weren't planning too put much. Put juju on him. <laughs> A lot of the the guys were complaining too much about the car. You know, a lot of them are excited about racing at tracks like Charlotte and Fontana because it's a really old surface. It's really, you know, lacks a lot of grip. Um, So it'll be interesting to see what the racing is like there next year. Uh, That's enough with the news. We're going to move on. Uh, We're going to start with our Saturday projections. um, And we're going to run through six games. Up first, we have. Michigan State visiting Ohio State. Nick, who do you got?
0: Uh, I got Michigan State, and for one reason and one reason only. Only, uh, Kenneth Walker. I think, um, not that I think Ohio State's run defense is is bad, um, but I, you know, watching them throughout the season, I don't think that they're going to be able to keep up with him, and he's putting up two hundred plus rushing yards a game, um in numerous games this season. I don't know if he's had less than 200 in any. Um, I'm, you know me. I'm not necessarily a stats there. Uh, but I know that he's balled out, and I think that he's, like I said, going to run all over Ohio State. Uh, I have Ohio State
1: pick. Um Ohio State does have one of the better ranked defenses, but it, like you said, it does seem like Walker has the ability to just run over whoever he wants to. Um, I think it's going to be a lot closer game. Uh, Michigan or Ohio State is favored by almost 20 points right now. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but I think it's going to be a close, hard-fought battle. And Michigan State is going to be there at the end. I just think Ohio State, over the past few weeks, has done a great job of minimizing mistakes. And I think that's what they're going to do here against Michigan State. And I, like I said, close, but I think this one goes to Ohio State. Uh, staying in the Big Ten, we have Nebraska visiting Wisconsin.
0: Yeah, so not much to say about this game, at least to me. Um, It's going to be a tough game, uh, definitely. But I I have Wisconsin pulling it out.
1: Yeah, um, Nebraska. This whole season has always been the bridesmaid, never the bride. Uh, They get really close games. You know, they were close against Michigan, uh, Iowa. They just had close games all season. They just for some reason can. Never pull it out. Um, so I think Wisconsin definitely wins it, especially their senior day at home. Uh, Camp Randall is always a very tough stadium to play in, even it when is. Wisconsin's not looking the best. Wisconsin sells a shot at winning the Big Ten West. Um, so you know they're going to be playing hard, but at the end of the day, I think this is Wisconsin's game to lose, and I don't think they lose it. Um,
0: moving on, we got Iowa State at Oklahoma. Who do you got? Uh, Hopefully they don't bite me in the butt um, two weeks in a row because I debated them last week and I ended up choosing the wrong one. Um, but I'm going with Oklahoma again. Um, they're probably going to make this a tough game. Um, I, I don't know if if Iowa State's going to play a great game or if Oklahoma's going to play a bad game. Um, but I have Oklahoma pulling it out and close, real close. Yeah,
1: I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a really close game. Um, that's just the way Oklahoma's played all year. And Iowa State has always been a very tough team.
0: They're going to hang in there for sure. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, but I do think Oklahoma wins this. Now, it was interesting. It came out this week. Um, Matt Campbell, Iowa State's head coach, he gave an interview. Um, and he's just, a reporter asked him, you know, like, after, you know, this season being a Big 12 championship or bust kind of year, are you disappointed with how the season turned out? Like, a question along that line, mm-hmm. Matt Campbell turns around and goes... It, it was never a Big Twelve championship or bust. And <laughs> he's just been getting rid of the part it was like you your team was a college football playoff hopeful. Like yeah. coming into the season, they were projected to win the Big Twelve. They were projected to pretty much go undefeated and then waltz into the college football playoff. Yeah. And and for you to come out as coach and be like, Oh, it was never, you know, big twelve championship or bust, it's like okay. Like you
0: did you I think to- even if you even if you're not projected, like Uh, to come out and say that as a coach to me just sounds absolutely ridiculous like i couldn't imagine standing in front of my players and saying yeah uh, the goal here really isn't the big 12 championship you know like we want to go six and six and make a bowl game like yeah
1: if, if you're not trying for the big 12 championship then why are you playing like unless you're kansas and your goal is to be like, okay, let's just, like, win five games this year. Let's win six and get to a bowl game that we haven't been to in how many years. Yeah. Like, your but, program but not has... But when you're playoff hopefuls. Yeah. yeah, especially, the like, the way that... He has done a fantastic job of turning that program around and, and turning them into a year-in, year-out big 12 championship hopeful. And I understand that, you know, the season's been, you know, subpar uh, compared to what a lot of people thought they were going to be. But I think it's just ridiculous... No, no matter who you are, to come out and say, yeah, you know, we were never thinking it was Big Twelve Championship or bust. Like, I, I don't, I just did not understand that at all. Yeah. Um, moving on, we have Virginia visiting Pitt. This will decide who's going to go to the ACC Championship game in their division. Any at Pitt? Who do you got?
0: Virginia at Pitt. <clears throat> I have Pitt in this one. Um, I think Kenny Pickett is gonna bolster his draft stock a little bit in this game um it's the perfect opportunity for it. They're gonna have a tough virginia team coming in um you know and and he might even struggle for a little bit uh but all eyes are definitely gonna be on him um within this game and seeing how he handles it
1: absolutely um I think this is gonna be a, a pretty close game. Virginia is coming off a tough loss, getting thumped at home by Notre Dame last week um they like I said, they have that hope still alive to win their division. Um, I think they're going to play Pitt tough, but I think Kenny Pickett and that Pitt offense is just <laughs> too good at the end of the day. And I, I think Pitt's going to win this one at home and send Kenny Pickett out with a smile on his senior day. Um, speaking of Kenny Pickett, we have talked about him before. Um, ESPN released their odds today on the Heisman hopefuls. And he was at number five, which I was surprised to see. I really didn't think ESPN was going to have him on there, but I think he definitely deserves to be a little bit higher on that list. Uh, C.J. Stroud was on there. And listen, Stroud has turned into a great quarterback, but the way he started the season, I just don't see him as a Heisman hopeful. I think next year, coming into the season, he will 100% deserve to be on that yeah, list.
0: Yeah, he's probably going to be number one coming into next year.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and rightfully so. Um, but I just don't think he belongs, especially at number two right now.
0: Um, no, yeah. and... I mean, you could. When I think about a Heisman, I think I want to think like I imagine somebody that this team would be completely lost without. And obviously, like C.J. Stroud's, a you know he's a good player, but with that wide receiving core, I could probably be out there throwing balls and you know at least be even. Um, right. But again, I, I'm not trying to take away from him. He's he's a talented player. Uh, but you think about Kenny Pickett. Uh, I think we all can agree that Kenny Pickett doesn't have the wide receiver talent around him. you know. Yeah, um, and, and I think that gets overlooked a lot in college, but it is I, what it is.
1: I think the reason is because he's not a super mobile quarterback. He's not going out there, he's not putting up 300 yards passing and 100 yards rushing. I think it, that's Man. all it comes down to is he's still you know a mobile quarterback, but he's probably, I would say, one of the last of a dying breed. Of, he sits in the pocket, he goes through his reads, Last possible option, I run. Yeah. You know, a lot of, like Stroud and, and Young, they have plays designed for them to run the ball. Yeah. Or they just get the snap. It could be a freaking four verse. They're like, you know what? I'm running the ball. I don't care. Um, so I feel like that's why he's getting overlooked so much. But I I still look forward to him, you know, ending his college career on a high note. And it'll be interesting to watch him in the NFL and I wish nothing but great success for him. Um and, and, and all the quarterbacks in that list. Definitely, um, I'm not saying, obviously, I want anybody to fail. Uh, I never want that for anybody. But I think Kenny Pickett has just been way overlooked this year. And I think he deserves a little bit more recognition.
0: But definitely. moving on. And and that takes a lot for me to say, because I hate Pitt.
1: Yeah, growing up in an Iranian family, I'm not very fond of Pitt either. But <laughs> uh, it is what it is. Um, is. I still respect great players when I see them. And, and Kenny Pickett is definitely one of those. Uh, moving on, we have Arkansas visiting Alabama. Who
0: do you got? Uh, yes, yeah, so uh, you and I actually discussed this a little bit before we hopped on here, and i was I was debating a lot um i actually I was thinking about this for a good majority of the day, and it's very like you got Arkansas who, like we talked about was i uh, was projected to to compete with Alabama and a team that people thought could beat Alabama in the season. Um, and they got off to a slow start. They looked real bad, but they find themselves back in the top 25. And if Alabama forgets that this Arkansas team could have been competing with them, the next thing they know, they'll be the ones competing with Arkansas. Um, we've seen it with Texas, Texas A&M, um, and I have it happening here. I got Arkansas.
1: Yeah, I think it'll be a very close game. I think Alabama might get caught. I mean, and Nick Saban is not one of those coaches that lets his team look ahead. But I feel like this is a situation where Alabama knows that they're more worried about Auburn and playing Georgia, most likely. Um, now, Georgia's already locked in the SEC championship game. I'm saying Alabama's thinking most likely they're going there, too. And, you know, they're. I think they're going to be more worried about playing those two teams. Look past Arkansas. Um, I still have Alabama winning. I think Arkansas is going to make it close. Uh, Alabama might wake up late and you know play up to their potential and put the game away. Um, but I do think it's going to be a very close, hard-fought game, especially in the first half. Uh, Alabama seemed to struggle the past few weeks, in, especially in the first half. Um, so It'll be interesting to watch, but I do have Alabama winning. Um, last pick in the college section, um, Oregon at Utah. Who do you got?
0: So I got Oregon in this one. I'm sure you're happy to hear that. Um... I thought about this briefly. Uh, this is a game, you know, I, I think Utah is better than a 23rd ranking. Um, it's definitely a team that if Oregon's not careful, uh, could, could upset them, surprise them, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but I think Oregon takes care of business. They, they're sitting at number three right now. So I don't think they're feeling very content. Um, especially when they got Ohio state breathing down their necks right behind them. And Ohio State's got tough games coming up, too. Um, so I think Oregon knows this is one they need to have, goes out, takes care of business, goes home happy.
1: Uh, as an Oregon fan, I am picking Oregon. Um, now, they have done a very good job but the past few weeks ever since the college football rankings have started um, with being focused on, okay, we're one-game-at-a-time mentality. Like, we're not even worried about the college football playoff. We just need to win one game at a time right now. And this game is most likely going to end up being the Pac-12 championship as well. Um, But I think it's definitely going to be tough for Oregon. They're going into a surging Utah team. Um, And Utah has been a very tough opponent every every time Oregon has played them. Um, But I think Utah has a lot of momentum behind them. And it's going to be a very close game. Utah is favored by three right now. Um, So as an Oregon fan, I'm picking them to win. I want them to win. Uh, they just need to walk in there Saturday night with their heads on straight and play a sound, fundamental football game. Uh, they had a little bit of distraction this week with Pittman announcing that he was leaving the team. Obviously, we, I wish nothing but the best for him, and I hope he is okay. Um, but I, I really want Oregon to walk in there focused. Otherwise, I'm going to be a sad, sad man on Saturday night when that game's over. Uh-huh.
0: I think your boy's are going to prove why he's the number one overall pick.
1: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, moving on, we're gonna switch over to the NFL side right now. Uh, first up, my father-in-law's Ravens are visiting my Bears. Uh, who do you got? You can say it. It's okay. Break my heart.
0: I, see, what's crazy is, is I have Chicago. I wanted to give you a little, a little, uh, you know, let you relax a little bit there. But no, I, I genuinely. Um, um have sh- chicago uh no i'm just i'm just messing with you george i got baltimore um i do think that your boys are going to fight uh baltimore has been struggling a little lately um you know obviously with the miami game i think you're going to be pissed off about that um y'all get montgomery back right i believe yeah i believe he is going back yeah was, i was pretty sure you did um so that'll help uh that'll hopefully give fields a little more time to throw um like I said, I I think you guys are going to keep this close, but I've Baltimore in the end. I was going to say T- Tony was going to be after you if, if you picked No, no, I couldn't do that to Tony. I want want to with him this summer.
1: Again, I am picking the Bears. Uh, you can you, have you guys can call me a homer or whatever, I don't care. Like th- these are my teams. I'm not ever going to pick against them. <laughs> do I do I honestly think they're going to win? No, not really. Um <laughs> we we just don't have any offensive production right now. Um You know, we we got some late there against Pittsburgh. But I I think we just have way too many issues with our line, our coaching. uh, Still trying to develop Justin Fields. And like you said, I think the Ravens coming off that rough loss last week, uh, I think they're going to be ready to come out and and punch the people in the mouth. I I think it's going to be a very good game. I still believe in my my heart the Bears are going to win, but in my brain I know the Ravens are going to win. Yeah,
0: I personally believe that this is one y'all could win. Um, yeah. especially with the way the Ravens have been struggling. I just, uh, you know, got to make a choice. Yeah. Um,
1: anyway, moving on. Packers at the Vikings on Sunday. Uh, who do you got?
0: I have Minnesota, and I'll tell you why. Just because of a weird hunch. Tell me why. Tell me why. Weird hunch. So, I see a tweet. I believe it was last night. might have been early this morning. I don't know. It, the times get confusing. But I've seen a tweet. About the Packers injury list, and Aaron Rodgers had a toe injury, which I don't know if that had been a thing previously, but there was a weird Devonte Adams shoulder injury listed as well, and I thought it was just kind of weird timing, especially you know you think about in the off season when Rodgers didn't want to come back, Adams basically said yeah I'm going with him. Um, I don't think Rodgers and Adams are like not gonna play. Uh, I just find it weird. Uh, sounds like there might be a little distraction in the Green Bay locker room. Um, and Kirk Cousins loves to come in and blow things up. So I'm just going on a hunch.
1: Yeah, I think this game is a toss-up, uh, especially with how the Vikings have been playing lately. They've been playing a lot better. Uh, Packers really struggled last week. Now you could attest that to Rogers just coming back from you know COVID um, or whatever. But I do think the Packers are the better team. Uh, now, it's up to them if they play like it this week. But I do have the Packers winning. Um, but I could easily see, like I said, the Vikings winning this game just as well. But I'm, I'm going to pick the Packers. Yeah. Um, moving on, we have the Saints visiting the Eagles. Uh, who do you got?
0: Uh, I got Philly in this one. Um, I can't lie. That's a hard pill to swallow. Uh, but that defense has been playing lights out um Darius Lay, who I will talk about a little later. Um he's been balling out. I wanna say he's this past Sunday he allowed two receptions for negative two yards or on like five attempts. Um just balling. And he's been doing it all season. Um there's a couple holes in that defense, so he might not have always looked as good um as far as defense overall, but that defense is tough. And while I have questions about the offense, somehow Jalen Hurts continues to just keep getting it done. Um, So I think that being at home um, against a a Saints team that really has not been itself since the beginning of the season, um, I think Philly walked away with a win. I am going with the Saints here. Uh,
1: I think Trevor Simeon has been doing an outstanding job at QB for the Saints. Um, they've been just short the past few weeks of you know pulling off some big wins, um. But I absolutely think that they're gonna walk into Philadelphia. Uh, Philly has struggled the past few weeks, um, especially on, like you said on the offensive side of the ball, and I think that the Saints are able to do just
0: enough to to squeak out a win in uh in a rough environment in Philadelphia. Um, yeah, I, I. I... Honestly, these first three games that we've talked about, I personally believe could go either way, one possession or the other. Now, the next two, I don't think, are going to be nearly as close, but I just wanted to point that out. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of the next two, uh, up next, we have the Cardinals
1: at the Seahawks this week.
0: Uh, Uh, Yes, so I believe Kyler Murray's on track to be back. Um, Now, while Russ came back last week and struggled, um, I think he'll play better. This game, I don't know if he's going to be fully up to par, especially the way that offense has been struggling in general. Um, I don't think Kyler Murray has um, any kind of... I mean, I don't think he plays his best game of the year by any means, but I think he comes back smoothly. Um, he's got talent around him that can help him move the ball, get in a rhythm. I think he's going to come back um, come back in, come back swing in swinging, uh, maybe throw for two, rush for one. He's feeling a little adventurous, but nothing crazy. Um, but definitely, I have Arizona.
1: Uh, I have Arizona, too. Um, I think the Seahawks just look lost right now on both sides of the ball. Um, and I think this is absolutely Arizona's game to lose. They've they've had a r- rough few weeks here. Uh, they need to get it back on track um, if they want to stay ahead in that tough NFC West, especially with the 49ers starting the surge. Uh, the Rams are always right there. Um, so I think the Cardinals get it back on track against a divisional foe. It'll be tough on the road. Seattle's always a harsh environment to play yeah. in, and that defense is, you know, one of the best in, in the, the the league year in year out. Um, so it's not an easy game at all for them. But I definitely think they get it back on track this week. They walk out of there with a the win.
0: Uh, the Sunday night game: Steelers visiting the Chargers. Who do you got? Yeah. So um, I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't know if I misread your note, but I had Pitt at Tampa Bay, and for some reason I didn't even look at the schedule. But regardless, I happened to see this, and I was thinking about about it earlier because I forgot that this was one of our the things I had listed. So anyway, Pitt versus Chargers. Um, listen, Pitt's defense is is good. Um, they haven't quite been. I, well, I don't know. They've shown spurts this year, but that offense, um, is still a mess. Um, I guess we'll call it. They have good games, they have bad games, but we're talking about a team here that couldn't even come out of Detroit with a win, um, had to tie it. Uh, Honestly, Detroit should have won that game. Um, They're just so awful that they couldn't win it. Uh, (laughs) But they should have won that game. Um, And I don't think, I think this is going to be a game, I remember how when I talked about the Chargers, I said this was a learning season. They're about to learn how to thump teams that deserve to be thumped and Pittsburgh deserves to be thumped. They've had games close this year that shouldn't have been close. They've won games they shouldn't have. This is an opportunity for that young Chargers team to sit at home, have their crowd with them and retire Ben Roethlisberger. I much love to Ben Roethlisberger. Um, I low-key kind of hate him because of all the times I had to hear Pittsburgh's going to the Super Bowl on the radio, being from PA. Um, but I have much respect for him. Uh, but Justin Herbert is going to retire him. <laughs> um, I definitely have the Chargers winning this game, too. I'm really
1: high on Justin Herbert. Uh, like I said, the past few weeks, he's he just needs to take that next step, and he's going to become an elite quarterback. Um, no, I'm not saying he's going to take that step against Pittsburgh. I think he's going to play exceptionally well, as he always does. Um, but yeah, I think the Steelers are just way too depleted and Roethlisberger is definitely looking a little old this year. Now he's, he's definitely turned around, um, here in the mid part of the season and looked a lot better, but I still think the Chargers are just going
0: to be too much for them.
1: Uh, lastly, the Monday night game giants at the Bucks. Uh, I think I know who you're going to pick.
0: Oh, that, that must've been how I messed my, messed my stuff up, but yeah. uh, Um,
1: yeah. Sorry. absolutely no idea how this game is on monday night football yeah go ahead who do you got
0: um to be honest with you like primetime games confuse the hell out of me i don't understand them. like the one game this year wasn't like the jets and texans i don't know regardless but anyway so tom brady's pissed off i know he is um he i, I don't we don't know what's going on with antonio brown yet uh he might play might not uh, i don't even know where what direction that could be heading um but regardless, Tom Brady's man, Bruce Arians' man, the whole team's probably man. They just lost to the Washington football team and Taylor Heineke. They should have lost in the playoffs last year, but I digress. Um, but I I have Tom Brady coming out here, uh, and and whooping whooping danny dimes all around the field. Now I don't I don't imagine it being a very widespread score. Um, that Giants defense is surprisingly good. Um, they've stood up all year um the broncos offense the the broncos the buccaneers offense to me hasn't played as good as what you would expect them to um you know and for whatever reasons of that but i I think danny dimes is going to put the team on his back um barkley's questionable but i believe he should play um it's going to be a very interesting game
1: yeah um it always seems like you know, the, the primetime games turn out in a wacky fashion. Last weekend, we had the 49ers thumping
0: the Rams. And no um, team is safe this year. I oh, think they they might have talked me. about that previously, but no team is safe this year. Yeah, I, I agree
1: with you. But I do feel like the Bucks are just going to be too much for the Giants to handle. Uh, I have the Buccaneers winning this one pretty easily. Um, you know, the Giants, like you said, do have really I'd give it like defense. two scores. Yeah, I, w- I would say no more than two scores. But definitely, uh, I don't think it's ever going to be in question like a, at the time. Relati- yeah, relatively easy two scores. Yeah. Um so that wraps up our NFL picks. Uh we got some big college basketball games this weekend. Uh we're gonna go over those picks here. Um up first in the tournament, uh Villanova against Tennessee. Who do you got?
0: Uh I have Villanova in this one. Um and you know, I'm I'm sure they're probably gonna have to figure some stuff out. Might be a close first half. Um Tennessee might even have a lead, but uh, I think they, I think Villanova gets it together, um, you know, puts it on them late towards the end of the game. Uh, probably, you know, somewhere around like 10 points, give or take.
1: Yeah. But um,
0: I have Villanova winning too.
1: Obviously, my team, I can't pick against them. Exactly. Uh, They'll do it I think it's going to be a very good game. Uh, Tennessee has done a very, very good job of building up that program in the last few years. Um if Villanova can close out a game, unlike they were able or unable to do against UCLA, um, they have this game. But it, it's all going to come down to the, the end of the second half there. Um, and if they can finish out the game, they absolutely have this. Uh, the other side of the tournament bracket, we got a huge game, UNC
0: Purdue. Um, who do you have? Well, like you and Villanova, I don't have a choice. Um, I have UNC because that's my favorite team. Um, now, even if it wasn't my favorite team, uh, this is a very intriguing matchup for me. Um, you know, this is a, a newer UNC team that, like I had stated in our uh, college football or college basketball preview, um, this team's ranked high or ranked low, I guess you could say. Um, but there's a lot of question marks with the new coach and and all that. So honestly. Um, even if I wasn't a UNC fan, I'd probably still pick UNC here, but this is a game that definitely could go either way. Yeah. Um.
1: Just because I want to see Villanova play UNC, I want UNC to win. I'm picking Purdue, just because I do think that they're a very good uh, Big Ten team. Um. But it'll be interesting. We're, we're going to have to see if we can come up with a punishment Um. for if Villanova and UNC play uh, whose team loses. Uh, but Speaking of that, also I don't know if you noticed this, but we play each other in fantasy this week. Um,
0: I did see that. I did. So it'll I'm be re- looking at your team, bro. I don't I don't understand how our team sucks so bad. I I, really don't, <laughs> I,
1: I don't either. But <laughs> uh, it'll be a very interesting weekend on the Jack Wagon podcast. Uh yes. Who knows what's gonna be going on? Tomorrow. We might have
0: to we might have to do a weekend episode. We, we might we might. We depending might. on how Saturday goes and uh, maybe even halfway through Sunday, depending on how that's going.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, so I I have Purdue over UNC. Um moving on, Ohio State against that very shocking uh Seton Hall team. Who do you got?
0: Um I'm not gonna lie, I have Seton Hall, but I kind of feel like biased now that I'm getting ready to say it out loud. Um no, honestly, this Ohio State team could be good. Um they've had some better teams in the past, in my opinion. Um, but it's definitely gonna be a team worth watching all season. Um but with that being said, Um, I think I had previously stated it too. Ohio State is one of those teams that always seems to have high expectations. Um, They fall short of those and then come the end of the season they're fighting their way back into the tournament. Um, So I have Seton Hall taking this one. I I think it'll be an entertaining game. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be close um, but it's going to have entertainment.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be a really tough back and forth game. Um, Ohio State is a you know, a very physical play uh, style of team, um, just like Seton Hall is. So I don't see this one being super high scoring. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think we're going to touch the 80 or even 90, or definitely not the 90 mark, but probably not the 80 mark. Um, I have Ohio State winning. I think, uh, you know, they're going to look at that Michigan film and they're going to be a little bit more prepared for Seton Hall than Michigan was. Um, but nonetheless, very tough, hard-fought game but I have a Ohio State winning. Um,
0: last game, Gonzaga-UCLA. Um, who do you got? Yeah, I have UCLA winning this one. Um, this is going to be a great matchup, uh, a potential Final Four, even championship game matchup. Um, it's going to be entertaining. You're going to want to watch it. Um, you're going to see Gonzaga's big men go to work um, against that smaller UCLA unit. Um, now they do have a big center in there uh, who's going to try to make things as difficult as possible. Um, And you're going to see UCLA running up and down the court, trying to use their smaller lineup at speed um, to score on those, on those slightly slower big men. Um, But I definitely have UCLA winning this. I think this is um, a wake up call for Gonzaga. I I don't know if wake up call is the right term, Um, but definitely it's going to get their attention. And, you are not going to want to play Gonzaga after this game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think this is about the the point in the season where Gonzaga just becomes unbeatable. Um, You know, they tend to pretty regularly run through the regular season without much hiccups. Um, You know, St. Mary's in their conference usually gives them trouble every year. Um, But I think there's going to be a little bit too much for UCLA. Um, They're going to look at that, that film... From UCLA playing Villanova last week um, and pick up on what Villanova was able to do really well against UCLA. And I think they're going to be able to close out that game. So I definitely have Gonzaga winning. Um, so moving on, last thing we want to talk about uh, for this weekend's preview uh, I'm going to go over my five college bets I think you need to place. Um, first up, uh, SMU is an 11 and a half point underdog against Cincinnati. Um, Uh, Cincinnati has just seen this struggle all year. Um, SMU is a very good football team. They were undefeated there for a while. Uh, They hit a couple bumps in the road here lately. Um, I think SMU is going to give Cincinnati fits all day, Uh, and I see this being a lot closer than 11.5 points. Um, Moving on, Michigan State at Ohio State. I think Ohio State got this big of a spread just because of what they did to Purdue last week and Purdue beating Michigan State. But that, that spread is disrespect. Yeah, so I kind of understand it, but I, <laughs> I don't think there's any way that Michigan State loses this game by 19 points. They're a 19-point underdog right now. Um that's my lock of the week. Um absolutely take that money. Uh, I don't like I said I don't see Michigan State losing this at all. Um, or losing by 19 points. Excuse <laughs> me. I do have a State pick, but I don't see them losing by 19 points. Um Wake at Clemson. Uh Clemson's actually favored by four and a half right now. Uh, Wake is looking to put away their division and punch their ticket to the ACC championship game. Uh, I think they do that. Um, And if not, I I don't see them losing by four and a half. Uh, I understand Clemson's a very tough team to play on the road. Um, But I think Wake Forest is just too good for them. I'm absolutely taking Wake at plus four and a half. Uh, Texas at West Virginia. West Virginia is with the Texas team. After oh Oh, no 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 oh no 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 I gotta jump the
0: gun a little bit there. Continue continue. No, I am not putting money (laughs) on Texas ever. Um,
1: West Virginia at home, they are only favored by three. I think they beat Texas easily by more than three. Um, So I'm putting my money on West Virginia minus three. Lastly, we briefly touched on it. Arkansas is a three uh, touchdown underdog at Alabama. Um, Alabama has just not really. Shown a lot the last few weeks, um at least enough for me to say that they would beat Arkansas by twenty-one points. I think Arkansas is a very good football team, and I see this being a lot closer than the three touchdowns. Um, now over to you for the NFL bets this week.
0: Yeah, so NFL bets. Before we get into the NFL bets, I after we ended our last podcast, I remembered this, and I wanted to talk about it, but I forgot to write it down. So we're talking about it now. Did you see? pretty sure it was, let me double check real quick. Let me let me just make sure I'm speaking the truth here. <laughs> November 13th. So, yeah, this past weekend. Did you see the score of the Florida-Sanford game? I did. I was, we
1: were, uh, so we. I was at the Coastal Carolina game last week. Um, after the game, we uh, went out to dinner and we're sitting there at a sports bar and I think everybody in, in the sports bar was watching Sanford almost upset Florida, and it was, yeah, that it was that was crazy. To watch.
0: And, and like I seen it happening, and I was like, "There's no way this is going on." And then I looked at the score after, and I was like, 70 to fifty-two, my god!" <laughs> I I don't know what the over was on that, but I hope people took it because there's no way anybody thought that score was going that high. But anyway, back to back to what we were talking about here. So, uh, my five NFL bets. Um, this is for the people. This, we're getting rich. And by getting rich, I mean we're winning $900, but just stay with me. All right, so for my number one bet, I have uh, C.D. Lamb, anytime touchdown, looking at plus 115. one um, fifteen. He's been, He's already been a good receiver. He was a good receiver before this year. Um, he's been making his case for wide receiver one on that team all season long, especially lately. And uh, I believe Kansas City is back on track. So this is going to just be an absolute slugfest through the air. Um, I, honestly, I should have looked at what the over was on this game too because uh, this game is going to get out of hand. It's just going to be scoring on scoring on scoring. Um, for number two, I have Terry McLaurin uh, anytime touchdown at plus 165. He's at Carolina. Um, this game is probably going to be very low scoring. Um, but if I if I had to guess anybody on that entire field that was going to get a touchdown, I believe it would be my boy, Terry McLaurin. Um, he's obviously the wide receiver one on the team. He's pretty much the only real threat that we have right now. Uh, J.D. McKissick has been doing good. Antonio Gibson did good um, this past week, but Terry McLaurin and Taylor Heineke have a great connection, um, and he's always looking for him. It's he, though he doesn't score every game, uh, when it comes to betting, um, it's never a bad bet to take a Terry McLaurin touchdown. For number three, I have a Jalen Hurts. Anytime touchdown at plus 160. Um, Jalen Hurts, uh, like we had talked about earlier, he hasn't necessarily been the most impressive quarterback in the league. Um, he's been getting it done on the ground. In fact, that entire Eagles offense has been getting it done on the ground. Um, they love the option plays. They love getting Hurts out in space. Um, they love getting a lot of people out in space, but I think Jalen Hurts run runs one in today or this weekend. Um, for my number four pick, I have Darren Waller anytime touchdown plus one twenty five. Um, he's really the only passing threat that Derek Carr has. Um, now they did go out and get Deshaun Jackson. Um, he'll help spread the field a little bit. Uh, maybe keep or help get Waller some openings, but as far as Sure bona fide uh wide receiver Darren Waller at tight end is all Derek Carr's got. And my fifth bet. Um this is gonna be a wild one considering he got his first one. Uh I believe it was this past week. It might have been the week before. But I have Jacoby Myers anytime touchdown. Uh he's at Atlanta. Mac Jones has been playing great. Um, like I said, Myers finally got his first touchdown. So now he's got the itch. He's gonna want more. Um, this offense continues to get better. This th- That entire team continues to get better. Uh, that is going to be a dangerous team come playoff time. I believe I had previously stated that on this podcast, but Jacoby Myers, anytime touchdown, plus 170. Um, all these, all five of these together, $10 bet pays out $889.92.
1: Ooh.
0: Yes, sir. All right. Uh,
1: and real quick, so... That wraps up our uh, weekend preview for sports. Uh, we're going to get into a little top five debate here in a second. Uh, I just came across this fun fact, and I want to share it with you and everybody I listening. Um, so Atlanta and New England are playing tonight. Um, of course, everybody remembers the 28-3 to 3 comeback. Um, also, tonight, there is a lunar eclipse that will last, wait for it, Three minutes and 20, oh. <laughs> three minutes and 28 seconds.
0: Damn, that's harsh. Uh, yeah, that so, harsh.
1: Uh, the universe has, has a cruel sense of humor. But, yeah, it's. Um, but moving on, Nick, what is our top five debate tonight?
0: Sorry, I need a sip of chocolate milk. Our debate is five NFL underrated. Number five. <laughs> Number five, uh, I have Gardner Minshew. Um, it might be the mullet, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, but I, I do think He's one of the more talented um, second-string quarterbacks in the league. I don't think he ever got a fair chance. Um, well, I shouldn't say that he got a fair chance, but as far as league-wide fair chance, he did not. Um, he was on the Jags, didn't really have a lot of talent around him. Um, you know, he's kind of, to be honest with you, I I didn't put the stats side by side, but how he did in Jacksonville. If you put the stats side by side. Honestly, they're probably comparable to Trevor Lawrence, what he's doing there. Um, I'm just going to take a guess. I, like I said, I never did it. But I, I definitely think he could be the starter in Philly. Um, for some reason, they like Hurts being a running back more than a quarterback, uh, which, I mean, they're getting wins, so whatever. Um, and I also wanted to point out that because Gardner Minshew got traded to Philly, every single one of my five picks were in the NFC East.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I do agree with you. It's funny though to watch Jalen Hurts get used like a running back, but they refuse to use a running back. Um, it, it's
0: hilarious. I'm I, I wish they weren't winning because as a Washington fan, like it's it's great, but yeah. somehow it just keeps it well. Like I said, that defense and and my number three pick have a lot to do with that.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm gonna stay in the NFC East. Uh, I'm picking Dallas Goddard. Um, he's not utilized a lot. But when he is, I think he's exceptional, especially as a tight end. He's a great blocking tight end. Um, now, on the receiving side, he only has 29 receptions for 429 yards this season. Um, well, that's hard when you're quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but I, I do think he's a very good uh, tight end overall. Like I said, he doesn't get the numbers to show it, um, but he's a great blocking tight end. And I think in the right offense, if given the chance to shine, or at least with the right quarterback, um, that understands the utilization of a tight end, uh, those numbers would be so much higher. So I I really feel like he's an underrated tight end in the league.
0: I agree. And I, I just wanted to go on record here and say this, um, and and it hurts a lot to say, but uh, I had stated it to a friend of mine. This Philadelphia Eagles team, uh, I, I don't know if they'd necessarily be undefeated. I mean, they caught the Chiefs when the Chiefs were down. so like They very well could have been. But if they still had Carson Wentz, I personally believe that they would be on top of the division right now. This that defense has stepped up in a big way this year. Somehow the offense keeps being efficient enough to win games with Jalen Hurts doing whatever the hell he's doing. Like I, I just wanted to go on record for a second and say that even though it hurts, like this Philadelphia Eagles team, if they wouldn't have ran Wentz out of town with the way he's playing ball this year, would have been insane.
1: I yeah, I agree. Uh I I understand why Wentz's time was up there. Um, Definitely, yeah. You know, he's very injury prone, you know, the fans and the management really felt like the last few years he just didn't produce anything. So I kind of understand, and I think Wentz on his own needed a fresh start. Um but I I
0: don't believe Jalen. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Hurts is
1: is a short-term solution. I don't think he's Definitely. he's a franchise
0: quarterback. But I, I just want to go on uh, on record and say again that um like I'm going to blame it on the Philly trading staff. Because Carson Wentz had like two sprained ankles or two broken ankles or something in the beginning of the season and was expected to be out like half the season and started week one. Uh, I don't know how that happens, but I just wanted to put that out there. Eagles training staff, it's your fault. And if you look at the injury reports, it backs it up. But anyway.
1: Number four.
0: Number four, again, like I said, I'll be in the NFC East for the rest of this. Uh, I have J.D. McKissick. Um, he's honestly one of my favorite players on the team. Uh, he's one of those guys that you know people don't—they think of him as a pass catcher. I believe he led the league in for running backs in receiving yards and receptions last year. Maybe just one of those, um, but he actually when he's in and he gets runs, he moves the ball. Um, and Antonio Gibson struggling this year, uh, with various injuries, Mikic has has stepped in and stepped up in a big way and when Gibson wasn't moving the ball, sometimes McKissick was, um, you know, he had that, that big catch, uh, against the giants for the touchdown. And I just, uh, while I don't think he's, uh, I think he would be more under the underappreciated category. Um, cause people respect McKissick. They know he has a lot of talent. Um, but I don't think people truly understand what all he does. Yeah. Um,
1: I agree with you. I, I feel like he's definitely one of the most undervalued players out there. Um, my number four guy, I'm going to go with Adrian Amos, um, the former Bear. I absolutely loved him when he played for the Bears. He was absolutely one of our best safeties. Unfortunately, now he's on the Packers, so I have to watch him play, and I have to play against him twice a year. I, should, I, I say I play against him. I have to watch <laughs> the Bears play against him twice a year. Um, he doesn't put up um, you know, ridiculous stats. He's not out there leading the league in interceptions or pass breakups. Um, He has 60 tackles this year, 13 assists, he has two picks. Um, But he is one of the best away from the ball coverages. The reason his stats aren't that, you know, ridiculous is because people just don't want to throw to him. Like, he is just very good at at forcing play to form the the Packers defense, and that's why they brought him in, is, you know, nobody wants to throw that ball anywhere near him. Um, But, He's just one of six defensive backs to post a 90 plus, um, you know PFF grade, and I think that he gets he doesn't get enough credit because, like I said, he's not out there making just ridiculous interceptions every week, um, but I think he deserves a lot more love than
0: he gets. Number three. Right, my number three, um, if the top two people on my list wouldn't have been a quarterback and my favorite player in the league. Um, I probably would have made this pick higher. But for number three, I have Darius Slay. Um, Like I had stated earlier, he's been balling out this season. Um, This past game, he had a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Um, And he's a G. Let me tell you why he's a G. I don't know if you've seen this. But when asked about that fumble recovery, he said, I knew I was going to score because they were in 13 personnel. So I knew all those fat boys couldn't run. And listen. I just I thought that was the greatest thing ever. I love, <laughs> I love trash talk. Um, Jalen Ramsey is one of my favorite players in the league because he talks and he can back it up. And quite honestly, Slay's always been good. Um, I think he took the next step to great. He's a big reason why this defense has been performing. Um, he's a big reason. He's a huge reason that the Eagles have some of the wins that they do. Um, and if he can continue playing, um, I I think that that defense is going to look good the rest of the year.
1: All right, my number three guy, uh, I'm going with Mike Edwards. Um, He was hurt to start the year. um, But I think he has become one of the best defensive backs in the NFL. Um, He didn't get a lot of snaps last year until the NFC Championship game and then the Super Bowl. Last year, Edwards allowed just 56 total yards and 256 uh, cover snaps. Um, That was the whole season. Um, So I think he really proved his worth last year. Now this year, he's getting a lot more time. Not, like I said, not just unrealistic, like gaudy stats, um, but I think he's quietly becoming uh, one of the best players, uh, especially in the NFC South in in a very pass-heavy conference. Um, I think he's becoming one of the safeties to watch out for. Um,
0: Moving on. Number two. Number two. I have Danny Dimes, my boy Daniel Jones. Um, I got to be honest. First of all, they drafted him um, before we drafted Haskins, and I laughed at them. Well, who's laughing now? Uh, but with that being said, Daniel Jones, um, he he gets some respect. Uh, he gets disrespected a lot more than he gets respected. That's for sure. Um, and quite honestly, I've I've been on on both sides of that. But at the end of the day, he has an O-line that does not block for him. Um, he's got a wide receiver group that, in my opinion, is overrated. Um, Saquon Barkley, he, you know, he might have one of the best running backs in the league, but he's been struggling to stay on the field. Um, and and it all just adds up that defense has been balling out, but there's only so much a defense can do when you're only playmaker's your quarterback. Um, so I think that any success that New York has had this year is largely in part to, to Jones. Um, I watched him. I don't remember exactly what game it was last year. It might have been the Pittsburgh game uh, because I think Saquon was held like six yards or whatever it was. Um, But I watched him just straight put the team on his back. He was, you know, he'd give them one second to get open. And if they weren't open, he was taken off down the field and he was getting yards. Um, Mm -hmm. So I I definitely, I have a lot of respect for for Danny Dimes, um, even though I might joke around on him sometimes, but he's definitely, on the as far as, as the Giants go, he's probably the brightest spot that they have on their team.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree. He's probably, you know, Saquon's been a lot better this year um, when he's healthy. Um, but, yeah, other than that, he's definitely one of the best players on that team. Um, my number two, I'm actually going to surprise you here. Uh, Taylor Moten, he's an offensive tackle for the Panthers. Um, Ooh. For everybody listening that has no idea who he is either, Um, (laughs) the Panthers line as a whole has not been great, especially the last two seasons. Um, But he has been one of the quietly one of the best offensive linemen in the league. Um, In 2,000 career uh, pass blocking snaps, he's only allowed 10 sacks. Um, Now this is entering the season, Um, and over 50 career starts, he has just 10 penalties, um, which it, it seems almost every game nowadays is offensive linemen are committing penalties left and right, whether it be holding, false starting, um, whatever. It seems like league wide discipline has just gone out the window. Um, I agree. So he. I also
0: think the ref, the refing is, is a lot more questionable this year too, but and I, I for another podcast.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. But, um, Moden has just been one of the, the stalwarts of that offensive line and really helped them, you know, develop along the line. You know, they have such young talent there. Um, so to have him there as somebody to lean on and and just be as steady as he has been, I don't think he gets enough recognition um across the league as being one of the best, you know, tackles.
0: Number one. All right, my number one, um I don't want you to freak out when you hear this. My number one is Terry McLaurin. And I'm gonna explain that to you because I know what you're thinking, George. You're thinking uh Nick, Terry McLaurin is respected as a good receiver and I would agree with you George he is respected as a good receiver the only problem I have with that is he's better than good he is great he is amazing he is top tier he is top 10 and I hear a lot of people I get in arguments in my group chat with it all the time Terry McLaurin is not a top 10 receiver listen I, I don't care uh, you, you know how I am I stated this earlier stats aren't aren't everything to me um, I love I love watching with my eyes. I love seeing. That tells me what I need to know. And Terry McLaurin has consistently been great. Um, I, last I looked, he was on pace to have the single, the best single season. The best single season receiving season. Is that too many seasons? Uh, whatever. Either way, best year receiving from a Redskins, sorry, Washington football team player of all time this season. And now, granted, he has had consistent quarterback back play as far as a name in Taylor Heineke all year. Um, but Heineke's performance hasn't been what I would call consistent, even though I, I love the man. Um, he balls out every time he's on the field. But it, quite honestly, he just hasn't been consistent. And McLaurin has not had consistency really since he came into the league. And he's balled out every year. Um, you know, he was on that long catch streak, uh, I forget how many targets it was without a drop um he ended up they jinxed him he had to drop the very next game but regardless uh i I personally believe he's a top 10 wide receiver and if he had a quarterback that could get him the ball more consistently uh, i think it i honestly think he would be top five
1: my number one pick is Deion jones um i i think a lot of people around the league realize he's a good linebacker but i don't think He gets enough respect as being, I I would say, one of the top linebackers in in the league. Um, I think it's just because of the team he's on, you know, a very underwhelming Falcons team. Um, He's actually one pick six away from tying the all-time record for pick sixes by a linebacker. Um, He's also recorded 100 tackles the last two seasons. In 2018, he had a great year, but he only played six games. Um. I think he is just one of the best coverage linebackers, but he's also a great run-stopping linebacker. He is the, the complete package at linebacker and what you would want to build your defense around. Um, he's a great cornerstone for that Falcons defense, um, and hopefully they can build around him and create you know a, a top-tier defense in the coming years. Um, but Deion Jones, one of uh, my number one pick for most underrated player in the NFL right now.
0: Um, those are some great lists.
1: Absolutely. Um, so that'll wrap up our show for tonight. Um, you know, we'll uh, we'll see how the weekend unfolds with UNC, Villanova, our fantasy teams. We might do a little show over the weekend for you guys. Um keep your eyes peeled to our Twitter and our Instagram for more information on that. Um but the next planned show is gonna be on Tuesday. Uh we're only gonna do one show next week with the Thanksgiving holiday, so it'll be a longer episode. So prepare yourself for that. Um but if we don't see you this weekend, you guys have a great weekend. Watch lots of football, basketball. Um, give us some feedback online about, you know, who you think is going to win. Uh, what bets are you putting in this weekend?
0: Um, other than that, you guys enjoy your weekend, and we will see you back here on Tuesday for sure. Mister yes, sir. And, and I just wanted to, to say real quick, just because you gave me the idea, um, if if y'all show some love on Twitter, and if any of y'all are into to gambling, and you place any bets up. We might feature some bets on the show because we love some, some gambling on FanDuel too. So, um, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. If, if, if you place a, a bet this weekend, put it on the Twitter, put it on the Graham, put it wherever. Let us know.
1: Yeah. Tag us. Um, you know, if, if
0: we have the funds, we will do
1: the bets still. You know, we'll, we'll be right there with you. we would love to see um, what other people are doing out there with gambling. Um, but like I said, you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend.
0: We will for sure be back here on Tuesday. Yes, sir. Have a great night. Great weekend. Who's got internet that's never lagging? Whose groceries do their own bagging? Who's got hair worth extra bragging? With pants that aren't too sagging? They only put up with a little nagging. Who's hotter than a fire-breathing dragon? Jackwagon.